I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with a quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know what's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, coming to you courtesy of CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network, which has 24-7 live coverage of sports and costs you absolutely nothing, 100% free at all times, loaded with the things that I always look for in sports coverage, highlights, breaking news, fantasy advice, gambling picks, although I don't know that they're going to be as good as my brother Craig's, but still useful, and quality analysis. All those things are first rate on the CBS Sports HQ, and they're not something that you get very often from a lot of these big-time sports personalities, <laughs> Skip Bayless. And the best part is, not only is it completely free, 24-7, it doesn't even require a subscription or a login. You just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, and any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans, just like you get here on Play Like a Jet, at the great price of absolutely nothing. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to do this a day early this week because the schedule's a little bit crazy due to the fact that the Jets played on Thursday last week, so we're shuffling things around again. Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News coming in from midweek with Manish. Manish, first of all, let's start with the important thing here. Really sorry to hear that you got eliminated from your fantasy football playoffs. <laughs> 
It's unbelievable. Um, I'm in three leagues, uh, and I know nobody cares about your fantasy team, but I was in three semifinals. I lost all three. I was a victim of Tampa Bay Buccaneers' new star wide receiver, Brashard Perryman, <laughs> who uh, absolutely killed me. Uh, but that's fantasy football. So I think I jinxed myself last week when I said I would be playing meaningful games in December. Uh, those meaningful games are now over. My season is over, uh, much like the Jets. So I'll be turning to uh, you know the off season and, and figure out how I can you know get to the mountaintop in 2020. I think you're going to need Joe Douglas to come in and help you reconstruct your fantasy <laughs> roster for 2020. Yeah, I'll ask him uh, if there's any good uh, offensive linemen I should draft. <laughs> Manish, let's start with the big story surrounding the Jets. A lot of talk about that video from the sidelines of Sam Darnold talking to Adam Gase on Thursday. Looked like they were having words. David Fales looked like he was caught in the middle of a fight between mommy and daddy. The look on his face was kind of priceless. What was going on there with that back and forth between Gase and Darnold? Yeah, it was interesting because uh, you, there's always a danger in trying to interpret conversations on the sideline, unless you're a great lip reader and you get a clear shot of what these guys are saying. But uh, it was unusual for Darnold to be you know, as animated as he was. He wasn't a crazy man by any stretch of the imagination, but he's got, you know, he's a even keel kid. Uh, just to see him animated in any way uh, was a little bit eye-opening. But my understanding is that if you looked at that fourth down play that was unsuccessful with an incompletion to Jamison Crowder, uh, Daniel Brown actually uh, did not do his assignment properly. So uh, as Adam Gase alluded to, he was, quote-unquote bitching about someone who didn't do their job. He didn't mention Daniel Brown by name, but uh, it was Daniel Brown. So uh, that gave a free runner at Darnold, you know, who was uh, moving to his right. And I believe the free runner was Jalen Ferguson. Uh, and because of that, the play was kind of blown up. So it was basically two guys in agreement. You know, Gates was being forthright with that. Uh, Darnold was in agreement, too, that, look, this is a play that we had practiced. So this is a play that we should know how to execute and the execution was poor on the right side of the line. And so that's what that was about. I know that, you know, you, you can interpret it in a million different ways. If you just look at it on TV the first time and don't know exactly, you know, what they're saying to each other. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was it. There's plenty of other things, Scott, that we can dissect about Adam Gase and things that uh, he doesn't do particularly well. But in this particular instance, he actually was in agreement with Arnold. After the game on Thursday, a bunch of Jet players lined up to get autographed jerseys from Lamar Jackson, who had just broken the record for most rushing yards in a season by a quarterback. That strike you as odd? I understand that it was a huge accomplishment and everybody loves Lamar Jackson, but it is odd to me to see a bunch of players lined up like fans to get autographs against the guy that you were supposed to be trying to rip his head off a couple of minutes ago, right? Well, I'm old school, Scott. I think you and I... Uh probably are in agreement in this. I don't necessarily agree with, the, you know, that whole culture of, uh, you know, swapping uniform or swapping jerseys and, mm -hmm. and autographs. Uh, I'm not saying that these guys shouldn't be friends. Obviously, you know, you have training partners in the off season, maybe you're from the same place, you know, that type of thing. So I, I get all that, but in the immediate aftermath of a, of a game, especially a football game, which is so violent and it's such a, you know, a, a high intensity sport. I, I don't agree with it. Uh, you know, I don't begrudge any player for doing it. I, I just personally come from a different time and place where, you know, that is, you know, that's not something you do right after a game. I mean, you, you, this was the guy you're trying to, trying to beat. And, and, you know, maybe you call or text somebody 
I don't even think people call anymore, but uh, maybe you text somebody <laughs> the next day, congratulations, whatever. Maybe, you know, when you see them in the off season, you, you talk about that particular game. So uh, that that's just, you know, the, let, let that be the foundation for my answer. Uh, so I don't agree with that in principle. Uh, all of that being said, uh, the players that were caught on tape uh, talking to Lamar, one is, is James Burgess, who's a college teammate of his. So uh, he obviously was going to talk to Lamar Jackson. You would think they were friends in college at Louisville. So I don't think you know him being there is any kind of big deal. Robbie Anderson, I don't know if Robbie trained with uh, Lamar Jackson uh, in the offseason. They're both South Florida guys, I believe. So there's obviously a connection there beyond just, hey, this is a, a great opponent of mine. So I Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, I, I don't exactly know what the connection is with Le'Veon Bell. Maybe he was the one who just wanted the jersey. Now, I, I don't believe that Lamar Jackson could have actually done a true uh, jersey swap because this was the game in which he broke Mike Vick's single-season rushing record. So that jersey will be going to Canton. So I think that's why he had additional jerseys with him. Because if you remember from the clip, he was actually signing a white uh, Lamar Jackson jersey as opposed to the dark one that he wore in the game. So it wasn't the, the game worn jersey. Uh, maybe you know, maybe, you know, maybe uh, Ravens PR or somebody uh, affiliated with the organization had those available to him. Uh, I don't think you know in, in the grand scheme of things. Even though I would not do it, uh, I, I don't think it, it's. I don't think it's a bad look. Only because I, this is just what people do these days after the you know, after games in the NFL. I wouldn't do it. Uh, but again, I don't have an issue with people who would do it. I just you know if I were competing in a game. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it. Uh, did it look a little strange? Yeah, I think it was magnified by the fact that he was actually still wearing his jersey and had additional jersey, so it almost seemed like he was Santa Claus and he was giving out all these gifts to to Jet players. But uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal. Uh, and again, I, I discount James Burgess being there because they're friends and you know they're college buddies. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Robbie Anderson has some sort of you know Florida connection with Lamar as well. Just a weird optic, though. A couple of minutes ago, he's putting five sure. touchdowns on you, and now all of a sudden you're standing in line, like you said, waiting for Santa Claus to sign your jersey. Yeah, no, it, it, it's odd. It, it, it's funny because on Monday, uh, Joe Mixon actually tweeted something about uh, how you know he had met Tom Brady for the first time after the game, and he was almost seemed starstruck by the tweet. And, uh, and then he even said that he was, uh, hesitant slash afraid to ask Tom Brady uh, for his jersey, which to me is also odd. Joe Mixon's a you know a terrific player. He's a professional player. Uh, he you know came across as a fan uh, of Tom Brady as opposed to a guy that you know he was paid to beat uh, you know moments earlier. So I, I just don't get that generation. Uh, again, uh, it's not something I would do. I particularly you know am not going to uh, you know. Uh, criticize the guy strongly because this is just kind of the generation. I, I don't agree with it, but in terms of the optic, yeah, I, it looks very strange when you get, just got beat by three touchdowns because this guy uh, torched you for five touchdowns, and now you're, you know, your buddy buddy with him. But again, if you've got pre-existing friendships and relationships in this day and age, you know, guys in their twenties, uh, they don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, and again, I don't know if it's necessarily wrong. I just think that there's a time and place for that kind of stuff. And right after a game, in my opinion, it's not the time or place. Uh, you know, if you want to reach out to someone you know, the next day, sometime during the week, or again, if you catch up with these guys in the offseason, that's all well and good. But, uh, you know, in the immediate aftermath, uh, I, I always think back 
and I, I use a different analogy in a different sport, but I can't ever imagine, you know, outside of Magic Johnson and uh, and Isaiah Thomas, you know, giving each other a, a kiss on the cheek before tip-off in games. I don't remember when I was growing up, uh, guys like, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, Patrick Ewing, uh, all those Knicks teams that Jordan went up against, those guys, you know, weren't taking pictures with each other and swapping jerseys uh, after games. Uh, you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson had an incredible amount of respect for each other and admiration for each other. Uh, but, but uh, you know, when they were playing in games and right after the game, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it was war because I don't think that's a fair analogy, but it was very cutthroat. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to beat the other guy very, very badly. And they weren't in the mood uh, after the game to take pictures with a guy uh, or commiserate with a guy uh, if they had just lost. So that's just the, you know, probably a generational thing. And I'm of that generation. So uh, I'm on board with that. But, uh, things are clearly different now. Kevin Garnett wouldn't even talk to Ray Allen after Ray Allen left the Celtics. It's just a very different type of thing going on now in these sports. And I guess the bottom line is that you and I are from the get off our lawn generation. We're old school, kind of in a way that Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, I'm sure, is very old school. And part of that is what led him to get fined for his actions in the Jets-Dolphins rematch a couple of weeks ago. What happened there? Well, he was heated after the the non-pass interference or pass interference, depending on your perspective, <laughs> review <laughs> on Nick Needham. And you could, if you were a lip reader, you could tell in the moment he was very upset after the game. He, um, he sought out the official and he was very upset. Uh, you know, he comported himself well in the postgame uh, interview session, but on the field, uh, I, that's not something that you want coaches to do. You know, we've seen that in the past. The most egregious one uh, that I remember, uh, you know, egregious in terms of like seeking out an official and uh, giving him the right act was uh, Bill Cowher many, many years ago. I think he, I don't even remember the play, but I remember he was running off the field, he sought out the official. And he, maybe he had a Polaroid of a particular mm-hmm. play that he was upset about, uh, mm-hmm. and then he stuffed it in the uh, official's uh, pocket. Mm-hmm. That's the one that jumped out at me. That's the first one that I remember. And again, I don't even remember what the play was, uh, what the circumstances were. But uh, you can't have that. Uh, it's you know, again, it's an emotional game not only for players but for coaches as well. So I do understand the league finding him. Uh, that being said, I don't think that uh, without getting into uh, Brian Flores' head, I don't think that he regrets anything that he did in that moment because, you know, he was rightfully upset. And, you know, maybe after he looked at the, the replay, uh, he probably will, would admit that that was indeed a pass interference. But you know, as we've talked about, and I'm sure you've talked about with other people, Scott, uh, you know, the pass interferences had not been overturned for the majority of the season. And then it seems like they've kind of been a little bit more vigilant about that uh, over the past several weeks. So, I understand why he was he was upset. Uh, you just can't do that, uh, you know. And I also completely agree with the league finding him. Uh, I don't know how much, but uh, I, I think they needed to take some action, and they did. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? 
not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. As of this show right now, Tuesday morning, where do we sit with these injuries? We know Quentin Williams and Jamal Adams are the two big ones. What's going on with those two and with the other players that are questionable at this moment injury-wise? Well, Gase uh, said that he was given indication from uh, the training staff that both Jamal Adams and Quinn Williams would be able to practice midweek uh, in some capacity, so that they'll be limited uh, in all likelihood uh, on Wednesday. We'll see how the, the week progresses in terms of their practice participation. Uh, Quinn is obviously still dealing with that next finger. Jamal, you know, has missed now two games, his first two games of his career, with an ankle injury. Uh, I don't know the severity of those injuries other than what the actual injury is that's in other words that's me saying i don't know how much pain jamal adams and quinn williams are actually in and uh i'm going to stick to what i said uh to you for the past you know week and a half which is i don't see really much reason to play either guy in these final two games uh, why risk uh, the guy getting re-injured something get you know something becoming worse where it impacts them in the off season. Uh, I, I just don't see the upside. They're five and eight. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, you know, whether they finish six and 10, uh, five and 11, seven and nine, does that really matter? I know that for Adam Gase, it matters because it's on his record, but it doesn't matter to Joe Douglas. Uh, you know, I, I don't really think it matters to the players. They're going to try to win these games, but uh, in two weeks, uh, it, when the season's over, you know, if you ask any player in that locker room, uh, you know, does it matter that you were seven and nine or six and 10 or five and 11? They're going to say no, because they fell short of the postseason. That's what every player's goal is. And I don't even think that any of the other coaches or front office members care whether they finish six and 10 or seven and nine. Actually, you know, saying it out loud makes me think, uh, if you're in the front office, you probably wish that you finished five and eleven because you, you get the higher draft pick, and that helps out your cause in terms of uh, you know building the team uh, for the future. So, uh, if anything, they probably prefer that the team loses. But I think it matters to Adam Gates. It matters to every head coach. Uh, you, your record stays with you forever. So, a five and eleven season looks much worse than a seven and nine season. Uh, it is interesting though, Scott, when you look at these final two games against Pittsburgh and uh, and Buffalo. Uh, based off of what happened on Sunday night when Buffalo beat Pittsburgh, Buffalo is in a very interesting spot. They're the number one wild card team, so they're the five seed right now. They still have a pathway to win the AFC East. Uh, uh, they're going to be playing the Patriots this week, so we'll see what happens. I think in all likelihood, though, they're going to be locked in. Uh, maybe not in all likelihood, but better than fifty-fifty shot that they're going to be locked in as a top wild card team. So they'll be locked in as a five seed potentially when the Jets play them in week 17. And if that happens, uh, they won't get a bye, so they'll be playing the following week. You have to wonder how many of Sean McDermott's starters will play in that game. Will, will we see Josh Allen uh, for half, a quarter? Will we see Josh Allen at all? And uh, how about some of these uh, other pieces, uh, uh, the important players, the, the difference-making players? Will they be in that game 
for four quarters for a half, or will they sit out all their uh, all their like key players if they're a little bit banged up? So that could be a, an interesting way for the Jets to get a I don't want to say free win, but you know an easier win. And then next week, uh, maybe I'm just foolish, but I still think they can win next week. They're playing that third-string quarterback, Duck Hodges, and I know that they've been competitive, uh, you know, and they're still playing for uh, a playoff spot, and so that game means so much to the Steelers. It technically doesn't mean anything for the Jets. Uh, the Steelers have a great defense, so I think it'll be relatively tough sledding for Adam Gase's offense and Sam Darnold. But uh, I'm not sold on the offense. Uh, I think the Jets' defense, even without Jamal Adams, should be able to handle Duck Hodges. Uh, they've had trouble scoring points even in these games that they're winning uh you know he is taking care of the ball really well uh until sunday night in which he had i believe uh, four picks something like that so uh, i think that there's a there's a solid chance that the jets could actually win these last two games but ultimately if you're seven and nine uh winning these final two games like this does it really matter i, I don't think anyone really outside of adam gase uh, cares about it to be honest with you Manish, I need the Steelers to sign Bucky Hodges, the former Jets tight end, so that they could have Duck Hodges and Bucky Hodges on the same team. Yeah, well, it, I, I give Duck Hodges a lot of credit for, for the most part, prior to Sunday night, taking care of the football and doing things that you need to do to win football games. And I think it's a great, actually, a great contrast, what Mike Tomlin has done with a third-string quarterback and what Adam Gase did earlier in the year with a third-string quarterback. Uh, the, the Steelers are... In games, winning games, are in and are in the playoff hunt after losing their Hall of Fame quarterback early in the season. Whereas the Jets, in those few games in which Sam Darnold did not play, not only did they lose, we're just completely not competitive. So, I think that gives you, uh, you know, a stark contrast in uh, a successful head coach in Mike Tomlin, a winning head coach in Mike Tomlin, and a losing head coach uh, and an excuse maker. Uh, like Adam Gase. So to me, that that to me is fascinating. When you think about this season, uh, it would have been very easy to, to write off the Steelers when Roethlisberger was hurt. And then Mason Rudolph came in. Mason Rudolph wasn't particularly good, but they were competitive. You know, they won a game here or two, uh, here and there. And, and then they benched him because he wasn't playing well. And they went to the third guy, and the third guy's winning games for them for, and keeping them in games. Even the Sunday night game, uh, it was a one-possession game. Uh, and they have everything to play for entering Sunday's game at MetLife Stadium, which, by the way, will be uh, like Heinz Field uh, light because I fully anticipate that building to be uh, packed with more Steeler fans than Jet fans. And, for you know, I, I get it. The Jet fans are disillusioned with the team. They're disillusioned with Adam Gase. They've got nothing to play for, whereas the Steelers fans typically travel well anyway. And this is a relatively close uh, location in a uh, must-win game for them. So... I think this is going to be uh, much more of a Pittsburgh Steelers type of crowd. I think, frankly, it's going to feel like a Steelers home game. I would be stunned if it did not feel like a Steelers home game just because of the circumstances for both teams uh, and knowing that the Jet fans, why, why would they have any real desire to come to this game? There's nothing to play for. Adam Gase is a reason to come to this game, Manish, because he hit a milestone after the game against the Ravens. He's now in very elite company, the elite company being Rich Kotite. Yeah, he is the first uh, Jets head coach to finish with a losing record in his first season since Rich Kotite. That's not company that you typically want to keep. Uh, 
you know, the way they've lost these games, Scott, we've spent three months, you know, <laughs> talking about this in some form or fashion. Uh, the Jets, I believe, have lost four games by 20 or more points, and I think they've lost, off the top of my head, seven games by at least two touchdowns, which is unbelievable. I mean, that is just – that really speaks to, you know, the the level of coach that you've got. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how I can say it any other way other than that's a reflection on the coach. That's not really a reflection on anybody else. But people will want to make excuses about injuries. And uh, to that, uh, I, I'll point to the Steelers. I'll point to the, the Patriots. I'll point to a number of different teams that have gone through you know, a litany of injuries and uh, don't whine. It's amazing to me that you don't read stories coming out of Boston every other day about all the injuries that the Patriots have had. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it's funny that you, you, you hear that with the Jets uh, more so than a lot of other teams. I know the reason why, I, you know, I'm not going to share exactly why, but I know the reason why those stories seem to come out here as opposed to other places throughout the league because teams suffer injuries all the time. And, uh, I mean, if you're going to be fair about this, uh, there were a, there is one significant injury that the Jets dealt with one for, for an extended amount of time. One really significant injury, and that's C.J. Mosley. That's bad luck. Uh, you know, that's not on Adam Gase. That's not on Greg Williams. That is bad luck that they lost this player that they invested so much in in free agency, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, all of that being said, teams in this league have overcome much worse than losing their middle linebacker, and they have thrived uh, losing much more than their middle linebacker. Yes, there are a bunch of other injuries, and there's numbers you can rack up. You can play with numbers any way you want. But some of these guys coming on IR over the last week or two piles on. That adds to the list. That adds to the narrative. If you want to play up the whole injury angle, which I know that the head coach wants to do, you can say, well, we've now we've got 16 guys on IR or 15 guys. You can just pile on. Look, they might add a couple guys on IR this week. You know, maybe maybe Gase's goal is to get to the magic number twenty. I, I don't know, but that, that's you know that's just that's a hollow number. Uh, you know, if you follow the team, you know which players matter. You know which injuries for a significant amount of time matter. And uh, frankly, yes, have the Jets have a little? Have they had a little bit more of an of injury problem to their significant pieces? Uh, yes, a little bit more to some teams. And some teams have had more injuries than they have to the players that that matter. But, uh, again, if you're trying to spin a tail and uh, you know, use injuries as a crutch, as Adam Gase has tried to do through back channels for three months, uh, that hasn't changed. You know, he, it, it's an easy escape patch for him. It's an easy way for him to make excuses and explain the way the season. Uh, he's actually used that with his players <laughs> in terms of trying to frame, uh, you know, frame why the team hasn't been as successful as uh, most people anticipated. Because, Scott, if you remember, whether you thought this was a playoff team or not, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who was following the team uh, from a fan perspective or covering the team uh, as a member of the media who didn't think that the Jets were going to play important games in December. Now, some people thought they would finish short of the postseason. Uh, some people thought that uh, maybe they could squeak into the postseason. But nobody thought that they would be irrelevant. And, and I don't think that there are very many people that thought they would see seven losses by at least two touchdowns and four losses by at least 20 points. So there has to be a way for this head coach to wiggle out of reality. And the best way to wiggle out of reality and the easiest way is to point to injuries. And if you try to get your message out through back channels that, hey, look, I've got 
X amount of players hurt. Look at all the players we got on IR. Uh, you know, you can spin that tail if you want. I would hope, however, that Jet fans are smart enough to understand what has happened this season. The only thing I will say is that this wasn't a super deep roster to begin with. So it was one of those things where the expectations were a lot higher than they probably should have been just because everybody was looking at things through a best case scenario lens. And once the injuries started to happen, it became clear that the Jets had no margin for error. This doesn't in any way absolve Adam Gase. As I've said many times, and I'll make this clear again, I think he's done a poor job, and I would be absolutely fine with them getting rid of him after one season, although we know that's not going to happen. But I do think that the lower end of this was more realistic because a lot of people thought 7-9 and nine to 9-7 nine and seven range. I think if everybody had stayed healthy, you probably were looking somewhere in that range. So maybe the injuries cost them a couple of games. They're probably going to finish somewhere in that five to six win range. You could even get to seven. So if they do, it'll be kind of ironic, Manish, because we all thought that it would be a team that would win seven and nine games. I just don't think that anybody would have expected them to win seven in this way if that's how it plays out, if they, say, beat the Steelers on Sunday and then go on to beat a Bills team that, as you mentioned, may have nothing to play for at Orchard Park the following week. So it's really been a weird season And I don't absolve Adam Gase at all, but certainly the injuries do play a role here, as they do with other teams, but I think that the difference is in a lot of other cases, the roster wasn't as thin and the expectations weren't as high as they were for Jets fans unnecessarily, because I don't think that the Jets necessarily had done a good enough job of building this roster to the point where we should have realistically expected a fringe playoff contender. I think If everything had gone according to plan, everything, if Le'Veon Bell was the Le'Veon Bell that we expected him to be, if the offensive line was an improvement over what they had been the year before, which we all expected with the addition of Khalil and Kalecio Semele, if C.J. Mosley played healthy and was a beast, if Avery Williamson didn't get injured, and on and on down the line, then maybe they could have been in that playoff chase toward the end of the season. But I will say that I think that what this exposed is not only Gase's shortcomings as a coach, but also the fact that this roster did not have a lot of depth and needs a lot of work in the offseason here by Joe Douglas. And so I think that we can both agree Joe Douglas has his work cut out for him. Yeah, he does. And, uh, you know, I think you you made a good point. You know, second class of this roster wasn't particularly good. I haven't done... Uh, to borrow <laughs> to borrow a phrase from uh, from Christopher Johnson, I haven't done a deep dive into the second <laughs> class and the third class, the rest of the league thrusters. I, so I I don't really have a, a firm basis of comparison. Uh, but you're right. You know the second the second class of this roster wasn't particularly good. So there's a small margin of error. Uh, I think, however, just generally speaking, you can say that uh, you know year after year for most teams, not a lot of teams have a, a lot of quality depth. And I think depth to me, it's a fascinating discussion. We should probably delve into it uh, at some point later. But uh, depth to me is interesting because it's hard for a reporter, it's hard for a fan even, to look at a roster at the beginning of the season and say they have good depth or they don't have good depth because I think a lot of the times these guys who are uh, the back end of the roster, the, you know, the, the 30th to 50th, 50th player on the roster – they don't jump off the page. We don't look at those guys typically and say, wow, this guy, if he got his chance and an opportunity to start, he'd, he'd be great. Because a lot of those guys shine when they have good coaching, when they have 
coaches who understand what their strengths are and how best to use them. That's why it's always interesting to me, and Jet fans won't want to hear this, but it's always fascinating to me what Bill Belichick does. Uh, he's got a, guy, a bunch of guys that on paper aren't intimidating in the least bit. They don't look particularly impressive, but Belichick and his staff know how to use particular players and put them in the right spots to make them effective. So there could be hidden gems on the Jets roster that we know about. We know that they're names, but we don't know that if they're any good because they're not being used properly by this particular coaching staff. I'm not saying that's the case, but what I'm trying to say is that depth is, depth is something that can be misleading on paper because most teams, when you look at the, the back half of the roster, these guys don't look particularly good. They just look like guys. And that's when coaching comes into play. That's when understanding uh, each of your players' strengths comes into play. And I think that, you know, to some degree, we've seen that on the defensive side. How many people were impressed uh, when they signed Kyle Phillips as an undrafted rookie? Uh, I, I mean, I, I wasn't. You know, I, he didn't really jump off the page. How many people thought that Foley Fadakasi, who didn't do anything last year, was going to make any kind of contribution uh this year, I mean, I didn't. How many people thought that Nathan Shepard was going to come back from the suspension and, and do some good things? I mean, I, I didn't do. I, I didn't know that. How many people thought Bless Austin was even going to play this year? I, I didn't think he was going to play. I thought, you know, this was a redshirt year for him. So in the beginning of the season, when you look at some of these guys, uh, even Neville Hewitt. Look at Neville Hewitt. He had been a special teams player by and large, and yeah, he showed some promise last year in small doses when Darren Lee was suspended. But you know. I don't think that most Jets fans or people following the Jets thought that this is a guy that you know could you could rely on to get meaningful snaps, uh, you know, on defense this year. So that's why you know, you've seen at least on the defensive side of the ball, you've seen some of these guys that don't necessarily jump off the page when you see their name, uh, you know, in August as you know as guys who are any good, but they're being used properly, and that's why you you give Greg Williams some credit for using you know some of these guys in the right way to get them you know, to get a lot out of them, uh, you know, and on offense, you give Adam Gase credit for doing the same with Ryan Griffin. When Ryan Griffin was signed. He was a depth guy and maybe a hold the fourth guy for a couple games or for a few games until Chris Herndon was back from his suspension, but he wasn't a guy who wasn't going to, who was going to do anything meaningful. Right. I don't think any fan thought that uh, when they signed them before, before training camp started. So uh, you've seen bits and pieces of that, you know, with this coaching staff, mostly on the defense, but you've seen it here and there on the offense as well. Uh, you know, Alex Lewis to me is solid. Now he hasn't been a, a great player by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been a solid player. So you give Joe Douglas and his staff credit for identifying him and bringing him in for well, a late conditional round pick. So there have been instances of guys like that. Uh, I just don't know how many more of those guys actually exist on the roster. It could be a lot more, or it could be not many more, and you've got to replenish that part of your your roster in the offseason so i guess that's a, a roundabout way of me agreeing with what you said in the lead-in to this which is joe douglas has his work cut out for him this offseason hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I think that a lot of Jets fans expected the best case scenario in terms of the roster. And I think that a lot of us, myself included, believe that Sam Darnold would be able to shoulder so much of this. That he would be able to come in here and make up for all of the shortcomings on this roster. And I do think that he's played pretty well this season, but he hasn't quite been good enough to be able to do that. And to be fair, there are very few quarterbacks that would be able to do that given the circumstances. You continue to believe that Sam Darnold is a big part of the solution and not part of the problem, even though he does have his fair share of critics. Not so much in terms of Jets fans, but other members of the media and specifically members of the media outside of the Jets bubble. I'm with you, obviously. I'm a big believer in Sam Darnold, and I think that he is going to be a tremendous quarterback. Whether he's going to be more than a good quarterback is something that we'll find out over time, if he's going to become that elite type of quarterback that we expected out of USC. I think that if he does get there, a big part of that is going to be his chemistry with wide receivers, one of whom has really stepped up the last couple of weeks. That's Robbie Anderson. So I wanted to talk to you about this because you've been very vehement in tweeting your support of Sam Darnold in terms of how good you think he's going to be and that he's a key piece of this Jets team in terms of turning things around. And also, you wrote a piece about Robbie Anderson and what's going to happen with him in terms of whether or not the Jets are going to bring him back. I firmly believe that they should, but I'm also not entirely sure that they're going to based on what we know about Adam Gase and what he likes out of his wide receivers. So where do we stand with this? It's fascinating to me because the Jets were shopping Robbie Anderson. And I know there's a, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about were they shopping Jamal Adams? Were they shopping Le'Veon Bell? Uh, make no mistake. They were shopping Robbie Anderson. They wanted to trade Robbie Anderson. They didn't get a second or third round pick that they were hoping for. And that's why Robbie Anderson remained on the team. And then he had that epic tweet with the scene from Wolf of Wall Street, which, which was fantastic. So I give him credit there. Uh, if I were Robbie Anderson, I would be careful. And this is why I say this. On one hand, you've got who I think, and as you just outlined, who I think is going to be a terrific quarterback in Sam Darnold. He's 22 years old. He can grow, he meaning Robbie Anderson, can grow with Sam Darnold. So that to me is a real appeal to, to wanting to stay with the Jets. But you do, if you're Robbie Anderson, have to be careful because Adam Gase changes his mind constantly. So a day after the Ravens game, uh, uh, I think Robbie had, what, four catches for 66 yards, something like that. Uh, he's really had a a quality four-game stretch. He's been more productive, frankly, over the last four games than he had been in the prior 10 games. So after this most recent game, Gase praised Robbie Anderson, said that he's really jumping off the tape. He's doing things uh, now that he hadn't done earlier in the season. All true, absolutely true. That's a feather in Robbie Anderson's cap. However, Adam Gase is prone to changing his mind, sometimes without 
rhyme or reason. So you have to be careful if you are Robbie Anderson and you know that this coach was all on board with shopping you and wanted to get rid of you and thought that you couldn't do A, B, and C and you were never going to be able to do A, B, and C. Just because he is in your corner right now after a, a, a four-game stretch doesn't mean he's going to be in your corner two weeks from now. It doesn't mean he's going to be in your corner a month from now, two months from now, next year. You have to be careful. If you were a defensive player, it'd be completely different because Adam Gase has nothing to do with the defense. He's, in effect, the offensive head coach. He's got, you know, he, will, he will turn everything over to – he does turn everything over to Greg Williams on the defensive side. So it's a different story if you're a defensive player. But if you're an offensive player, specifically an offensive skill player, uh, you know, running back, tight end, wide receiver, that is – Gase is baby. That's his bread and butter. He is very fickle. He changes his mind on players all the time. I know this for fact. I've known it through the years. I know the details about specific players that he's gone hot and cold with, and that can be maddening for a player. So if you are Robbie Anderson and you're going to hit the free agent market, no, you're not a 1,500-yard wide receiver. Uh, you don't have that on your resume. You're not a 1,200-yard wide receiver. That's not on your resume. Uh, however, it's a relatively weak wide receiver class in free agency. Amari Cooper is the – He's the guy on the marquee. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to even let him hit free agency or if they're going to lock something up before he hits free agency. But he is far and away the number one wide receiver on the market. It's slim pickings. You know, it's not a, a, a robust class. So if you're Robbie Anderson, you look at wide receivers from a year ago that maybe you're comparable with, maybe, you know, not necessarily in style, or maybe in style, but in terms of caliber of player. Tyrell Williams is a player that's come up time and time again I remember last year at this time, people thought, wow, Tyrell Williams is going to really cash in when he hits free agency. And your initial thought is, really, Tyrell Williams? Yeah, he's, you know, he's had some flashes in, with the Chargers, but this isn't a guy who's going to command big bucks. And he ends up getting a deal, which I, I think the, the APY, the average per year, is somewhere in the tw- 10, to, 10 to 12 range, some, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're Robbie Anderson, that's probably what you're going to get on the market. And you don't know exactly who your suitors are going to be. So you might land with a team that's got an established quarterback. So you should be fine there. Uh, you might be landing on a team that's a winning team. Uh, so you could be okay there. But the Raiders were interested in him. Who's to say that the Raiders won't want to pair up Robbie Anderson and Tyrell Williams? I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone definitively knows yet. But uh, if you're the Jets and if you're Joe Douglas and you feel like you can get Robbie Anderson uh, – you know, quote unquote, on the cheap, then I think it makes sense to bring him back. Uh, I just don't know if Robbie Anderson would be amenable to that, just knowing the the wide receiver landscape and free agency and knowing that he's going to get multiple offers. He's going to get a good deal. So do you want to see what your value is, is you know, on, on the open market? And if things don't work out with another team, which I think they would, but if they didn't, uh, would the Jets say no? We're not interested in Robbie Anderson anymore. No, they would obviously still want him if they were. You know, if they're if they're trying to get a a team friendly deal done now. I'm not saying that they are, but if they were doing that, then uh, I think that to me is a a tip off. If I'm Robbie Anderson, I'm thinking to myself, these guys want to keep me. That's a and I and I know that I'm a, a good ascending young player, and I'm showing that on tape over the past month or so that I don't want to sign with the Jets right now. I'm not saying I don't want to sign with the Jets at all but I want to see what my value is and what my worth is and what I could get on the open market. So uh, again, I don't, I can't get into Robbie Anderson's head, but I just know that if I were Robbie Anderson, knowing the pros, having Sam Darnold on your side, uh, 
and the cons being coached by Adam Gase uh, and, and the other pro, probably the most, most important thing for, for Robbie Anderson right now, which is cashing in, uh, in in the open market. I think it makes more sense for him to hit the open market and, and, you know, kind of uh, proceed that way. Uh, but, you know, there, there is a danger, <laughs> even if the Jets pay him, there is a danger that he, he really does. And I think he is aware of this. He really does need to understand that playing for Adam Gase can be a maddening thing if you're a wide receiver because you might think you're good with him one moment and uh, the next moment you could be in the doghouse. I'll throw one out there for you, Manish. The Eagles have shown interest in Robbie Anderson more than once. They have a big need at wide receiver. They've had a ton of problems there. As you said, an established quarterback, Carson Wentz, a Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson, it's not that far from where he is right now. Could be an intriguing option for him in the offseason. Yeah, that's a great example. Uh, absolutely a, a great example. They have no receivers. <laughs> Anybody who watch, who's watching the Eagles these days know that that Carson Wentz is thrown to Greg Ward Jr. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, who's not particularly good anyway, is injured right now. Uh, and Alshon Jeffries out for the season. He's got a Liz Frank injury. So they need uh, a field stretcher. They need a dynamic player at that position. And uh, it, you know, outside of the draft, there's obviously options in the draft. But when you're looking at free agency before the draft, Robbie Anderson is a guy, as you mentioned, uh, they have had strong interest in in the past. Uh, you know, he went to school in Philly at Temple, so there's a there's a link there. But more importantly, uh, the the player, the caliber of player, and what they need. And they do have a young quarterback as well who could use a Robbie Anderson. I think it makes a lot of sense. And again, if I'm Robbie Anderson, to me it's a no brainer. Why would you sign now with a, a losing team with a coach who's not on firm footing? Even though he might actually, you know, he'll probably be back in 2020. Yeah. But beyond 2020, you have no idea what's going on. You don't even know what the ownership issue is. There's ownership instability where the owner is still overseas. He's going to come back in a year. So there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, I'm not sure it makes that much sense, frankly, unless he just doesn't think he's going to get anything on the open market. I don't believe he believes that. But uh, just knowing, you know, Robbie and his confidence, uh, I I don't think it makes that much sense to uh, really – limit his options because that's in effect what he would be doing. Uh, if I'm him, I survey the landscape. You know, I get my people to survey the landscape when free agency rolls around. And I think when it's all said and done, Robbie Anderson's going to get a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he's going to end up somewhere else. We'll find out. But I do think he's going to get a lot of money. So why not, you know, wh- why would you not subject yourself through that, uh, uh, to that process? Like players work hard. And he, you know, he was an undrafted guy. Uh, and then you got the restricted free agent tender. They work hard uh, to hit the open market to cash in. He's a, you know, he's in his prime right now. Uh, it doesn't make much sense from my vantage point. Now, maybe he feels differently. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know. But if I were him, I would hit the free agent market because I would know that I was going to get a lot of money and probably more money than what the Jets would be willing to offer. Manish, last order of business. You were covering the game on Thursday, so you got to see Lamar Jackson in person along with a bunch of people that used the promo code OVERTIME when they downloaded the Vivid Seats mobile app and got up to 100 bucks off on their very first purchase. You can do the same thing again this Sunday, by the way, if you want to, if you want to go see the Jets and the Steelers, or maybe you want to go see a concert, a wrestling match, a boxing match, a basketball game, a hockey game, whatever it is you want to use that promo code for, you can do it right now. Just download the Vivid Seats mobile app, 
Use the promo code OVERTIME and you'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. But Manish, you didn't have to use that promo code because you were in the press box. You got to see Lamar Jackson live in person. What was that like? Because from what a lot of people are saying, it seems like quite the experience. It's incredible. It really is. Uh, I mentioned this, uh, I guess, the day after the game. Watching him on TV is one thing. Obviously, I don't get very many opportunities to watch a full Raven game because I'm covering the Jets, so I'll watch highlights. And, yes, the highlights are extremely impressive. You, That being said, even with all the different camera angles that you get in the slow-mo, uh, you know, all that stuff, there's nothing like watching him live because he is on a different level when it comes to speed as everybody else on that field. That is so obvious. Uh, and that's why I wish, you know, football fans get an opportunity to watch him in the building because there's something about him and I was completely wrong about him. I freely admit that I was wrong about him. I did not think that he would become the player uh, that he has become maybe ever, let alone in his first full season as the starter, his second year in the NFL. Uh, he has, he has some, he's got the it factor. You know, maybe that's oversimplifying it, but you've seen players and athletes through the years who've got the it factor. Uh, just from a speed standpoint, from an elusiveness standpoint, he is on a different level. He's on a different plane as everybody else on that field. And what I think is going to make him a special player for a very long time, because he's clearly a special player in the here and now. He's going to be the NFL MVP. We understand that. The question is longevity, staying power, uh, and I thought what uh, what Greg Williams said uh, in the run-up to the game was was right on point, which is that, yes, he's taking the hits. Now. He's not taking the big hits now. He's very elusive. But if you start accumulating hits as a quarterback, if you're a quarterback and you're accumulating the hits of a running back year after year after year, it's going to take its toll. So something has to change. Either you dial back the amount of times you run uh, be, uh, or you flame out, right? And I think he's going to dial back the amount of times he runs because I think that he's going to rely on his arm much more moving forward. And we've seen it this year. The jump that he has made, Scott, as a pocket passer is unbelievable to me. And I'm not saying that he's Peyton Manning you know, or he's Drew Brees, Tom Brady. He's not anywhere close to that. But the idea of what he was as a rookie, as a pocket passer, versus what he is now, it's, it's like night and day. He's jumped. His completion percentage by eight percentage points, I believe. I believe it was 58 last year. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 66 this year. That never happens. That is extremely rare to see that kind of jump in completion percentage. Uh, he leads the league in, uh, well, he was at, at some point. I, I don't know if anyone's pa- passed him. I don't think so. But I think he leads the league in, uh, in passing touchdowns this year. And it's not just guys streaking free. I know Adam Gates had mentioned that there's, you know, because of the threat of the run, and this is, this is, Correct, because of the threat of the run, you gotta, you know, you gotta stack the box. You gotta, you gotta be honest uh, and respect uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. You gotta, you gotta respect that run game. So there are opportunities where these wide receivers and tight ends are matched up one on one, and they are open. And those are, you know, relatively easy throws to make for an NFL quarterback. However, that's not all Lamar Jackson does. He makes tight window throws. He makes throws in which guys are are or in tight coverage. And these are, these are big boy throws. And these are throws that I did not think he was going to be able to make in his career, uh, especially this early in his career. So just watching him live, it's just a, you know, you don't have to be a Raven fan. I'm not a Raven fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I just respect 
to everything that he's obviously done. I had, you know, I've not been in the work, private workouts with him in the off season. I haven't been with him during practice. I don't know that, but I know the results and the results from year one to year two speak to a guy who has put in the time and the effort to improve his deficiencies and improve things that were, were his quote unquote perceived weaknesses. And he's got a long way to go, but if he continues to progress as a pocket passer, uh, like he's done in his second year. Uh, this is a guy who has the potential to be one of the best players to ever play his position. You know, he's not anywhere close to that right now, but the, the physical gifts he has coupled with his obvious ability to learn uh, makes him a very scary player for a long time. Manish, any other stories we missed? Uh, no. Hey, when you're five and nine, you're playing out the string. Uh, I guess you're looking for some of these younger players to, uh, you know, basically show the coaching staff and the front office that they should be a part of their future. Uh, and I, you know, one of the things I thought Adam Gay said, which was uh, spot on uh, uh, last week after the game was, you know, this is a good opportunity, frankly, uh, for unproven guys to you know, put things on tape. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because this is the time you should be making a playoff run or, you know, positioning yourself uh, for a playoff seed. Uh, the Jets are clearly not there. They're not making the playoffs. So it is a good opportunity, at least for Joe Douglas and his guys upstairs, to get a gauge on you know, who could be a part of their future, uh, who could make this roster. I think Vincent Smith is the guy who has done some really nice things over the last couple games, who, uh, you know, if he continues to do so in the next couple weeks, uh, you know, could have some kind of role in this on this team moving forward. Uh, they're in evaluation mode. You know, coaches are trying to win games, Absolutely. But Joe Douglas is in full-fledged evaluation mode. Some of these guys, does he want to keep some of these guys? Is he going to cut bait with them? So if you're looking for a silver lining over these past final weeks, that would be it, which is it gives uh, the new general manager who came aboard late an opportunity to you know, thoroughly evaluate some of these uh, unproven guys to determine whether he wants those guys to be a part of his roster because it will be his roster uh, you know, six months from now. and it's, it's a pivotal time for him to kind of weed out you know, who makes sense for this team and who doesn't. So uh, that would be the silver lining. That doesn't really do much for fans. I get that. But from an organizational standpoint, uh, there is some value over these past couple weeks, or over these next couple weeks. Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, thanks for coming on as always. Really appreciate it. What do you got cooking over the next couple of days? Well, I, I'm curious to see how MetLife Stadium will look on Sunday. And, and as I said earlier, uh, I think if you closed your eyes and you didn't know any better just based on the sounds of what that game will be like, you would think that you were in Pittsburgh and not in New Jersey. Pittsburgh and New Jersey, two very different places, but they're going to converge on Sunday, and I have a feeling that you're right. Going to be a lot of Steelers fans in that building on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Make sure that you're reading Manish over in the Daily News, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.